0: To hear your word of grace.
1: In the name of Jesus, Amen. Be seated. Today's reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 15. Then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they were sent on their way by the church, and as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some believers, who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees, stood up and said, "Mm, it's necessary for them to be circumcised and ordered to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The whole assembly kept silence and listened to Barnabas and Paul as they told of all the signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, My brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first looked favorably on the Gentiles, to take from among them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return, and I will rebuild the dwelling of David which has fallen. From its ruins I will rebuild it, and I will set it up, so that all other peoples may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles over whom my name has been called." Thus says the Lord, who has been making these things known from long ago. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: All right. I want to ask you guys a question. How do you make decisions? What is the process that you go through if you're deciding something or determining something? What is it? What is it that you do to make a decision? Yeah, Matt, weigh the, the pros and cons. So, like a T chart. Here are the positives. Here are the negatives. Yeah, good. What else? Yes. Yeah. You ask your mom. Where's your mom right now? How do? You, what do you say to that? Oh, so you've got the T-chart, the pros and cons, and then you weigh the important. You probably need a spreadsheet. <laughs> so there's some writing involved in the decision-making, right? How else do you make decisions? Does it go with your moral code? Yes, does it go with your values, what's important to you? So let's think of an example that you wouldn't do because it wouldn't line up with your values bully someone? Yeah, I'm not going to bully someone. It doesn't line up with what I believe is true and who I am. Leslie, nice, thank you. I've found that over the years that I need to be more patient about making the decision because sometimes I feel an urgency to make it, yet at the same time if I back off and I wait,
1: there's more information, more message,
0: something Uh. that
1: helps the decision fall into place.
0: So that's kind of being patient to think through it and give it time. Yes. Yes, so like discernment on thinking through it but then saying this is where I am now but I know that there may be some things that come to me later. Yes, you're on fire. There is this one thing that if one,
1: I told making a decision said what would Jesus
0: do? Yeah, bracelets, what would Jesus do? Nice thought. Yes indeed, Jamie. Get out of your head and trust your gut. What does your gut say? I have a story behind that. So I went to seminary with a gentleman who was probably in his 60s, and he was an attorney. And he told me once when he made a decision, if he decided on something and there was something inside of his gut that went, ooh, then he knew it wasn't the right decision. So that's kind of getting into that, the gut. Yeah, JJ. Talk to the principal, the principal yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk it out with someone else and get their perspective on it to add to yours. Yeah. Flip a coin. Heads or tails. What should I do? Anybody else? How you how do you make a decision? I always wonder about that, like college decisions when you have two good ones. Flip a coin? And you can't go wrong either way. How do you decide? How do you decide? Well, I bring this up tonight. I have to be honest with you. This is a really, really hard story. Um, And I wonder, like, why is this one in the Bible? I've been kind of um, struggling with this all week. Why is this story in the Bible? And here's the nutshell version. Um, Jesus has died and um, has ascended into heaven. And before he left, he told his followers, the Holy Spirit will come to you and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll know what to do next. He didn't give him a little recipe book or a guidebook on the steps to take now that I'm not here with you. He said, the Holy Spirit, who is an advocate, a counselor, the voice of truth will guide you. So they're just trying their best to figure it out. And so they get to this point where they're realizing that they have a big decision to make. Up to this point, if you were a Jew, you were known as a Jew, as a man, if you were circumcised. And now a lot of people are hearing about Jesus who aren't Jews, they're Gentiles. And so the question, the decision is, do Gentiles need to be circumcised to be a believer of Jesus? And so they have a decision to make. And so they're working hard to figure out what they think is best But yet, they also are called to utilize that Holy Spirit that has been given. So they're trying to figure out, how do I use my best ability but also be led through the Holy Spirit? Now, that's completely applicable to us because we're in the same situation. So I have a little picture up here I want to show you, and I think this is something um, in this story that they used and we can use, and then we're going to talk through it a little bit more. Tradition. What does tradition tell us about this, especially with matters of faith? And for us, tradition is scripture for us. What do we know? What, what are these things in the Bible that are true? I had a conversation with a woman this week, and she said, um, I'm a Bible believer but I'm also open in the world. And I was trying to figure out what she was getting at. But in a way, I think she was using the Bible as like a rule book. Like, I'm gonna go to the Bible and do whatever it says. The challenge with that is the Bible is the living word. It's not meant to be a recipe book. It's meant to be a place that we go to wrestle with things. What is God saying about this? And the Bible is big. You can't just take one passage and say that's the end all be all. How does that passage relate to other passages? So, tradition, they're doing it here. They're going back to the prophets and they're saying, what does God say about this? The second piece is the experience of the faithful. That's the characters in the story. How is this decision interacting in their daily lives? So this group called the Pharisees, they're not the bad guys at all, but they're the ones saying, this is what we have known. And so what we have known should be what these new folks have known as well. So tradition, experience of the faithful, that's the things that we interact with and what we're thinking about. But to Leslie's point, and I think to Lori's point, this society and culture, or Janet's point, society and culture, what's going on regarding the thing we're wondering about outside of ourselves, but in the world? Now, Paul and Barnabas have not been in church. They have been in all these little towns. And when they go to this big church meeting, they come back and they report all these non-Jews have heard about Jesus and they believe. They are doing this already without being circumcised. And so what they bring to the table is this perspective that the Pharisees don't know about because they're living in their, own bu- in their own bubble of experience. And so all three of these things come into play And I have to tell you, I'm kind of surprised that they came to the decision that they did that Gentiles don't need to be circumcised because usually the church leans into a conservative stance, let's just do what we have always known, but Paul and Barnabas really feel called that they are feeling God's spirit in this and they bring this to bear and they engage with what that is and they make a decision, and that decision is somehow offered, and it creates something new as it goes around. Um, We welcomed new members on Sunday, and there's an insert in your bulletin that shows the pictures, and it's just a delightful group, so many different people, Um, but they really put me to the test, and they said, I want to know what a difference it means to be a member here. What difference does it make if I just visit or if I'm actually a member? And so we had this conversation about being a member means that you want to actively participate in what God is doing in the world. You don't just want to participate in what you're doing, but you want to pull tradition your own experience and then the sense of god in the world and if we forget about god in the world then we forget about the spirit alive moving us to connect with other people and to know what that's about now the challenging part about this is it's it's not an equation it's not a recipe how do you know the balance of scripture with your own experience to what is doing in the world. We don't. But here's the promise, you guys. The promise is the Spirit is there leading us. And I can tell you in my own personal experience, I have found the Spirit most often in another person. To open your eyes to a new perspective, to hear a different story and then to bring that into part of your decision-making process. So I really don't know why this story is in in the Bible, but for some reason, this is an important stepping point in how we figure out this life of faith. And I would say this as members of Mount Olivet, we always, always have to remember that we are called into God's mission in the world. This isn't about us. This is about God and then God saying, I have this really particular thing for you, Mount Olivet, on the edge of French Lake Park, for you with your collection of people who are here, a specific way that you as a community are called into the world but we can't always rely on what we know. We have to pull into that scripture, but we also have to pull out, getting ourselves out in the world and then coming back and sharing that together. So as we continue all these stories post-Easter, we can't forget about that Holy Spirit leading us and changing us And for God to be one who says, I promise to be with you always. And I would have to say, with God, if there's ever a tendency for God, his tendency is this wide and big in love and mercy and forgiveness in the world. Amen. Let's sing.
1: I feel like we should-